You want to do it? You want to do it? Fuck you! Welcome to Left of the Throne, a Game of Thrones and House of the Dragon review podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montrullo, uh, here with my co-host, Comrade Dracula. Comrade, what's going on? I am just riveted and cannot look away from the, you know, all the, the hype train around the live action, Disney's live action Little Mermaid. Um, but I have to, I really have to agree with with the people who are giving the trailer uh, a million down votes uh, that... You know, I mean, here on the pod, we, we're by no means fans of, of Disney, but I think everyone can agree that, you know, a mermaid is only realistic if she's white. Right. Okay. We, we all know real mermaids are white. I mean, you know, it's it's, it's this is common knowledge that, the, that mermaids the, are white. And the 18th century sailors who came up with this legend clearly weren't black people. That's, that's I mean, like what <laughs> there's but I don't even know if black people knew how to sail back then or. Right. Now, it wasn't right? like they that's... were made up a huge percentage of ships, crews, especially pirate crews or anything like that. So for sure, mermaids were always definitely white, I think, is, is the is the lesson to take away from this. Uh, no. Yeah. yeah so um it's, yeah i that it, i mean you wonder if disney's just kind of doing it on purpose because they know so many people are racist uh, yeah and like, i mean because who the fuck is asking for like a remake of little mermaid like you know that movie's great that that animate you know the animation sure. on that but you know for what it is i'm not saying i fucking you know sit back every saturday night and watch a little mermaid but you know it's a it's a incredibly well-made animated film sure. and you know but, great but music, if they remake shit, it but, and they have a young mixed race black woman in it like i don't fucking care no again i don't either but (laughs) and i guarantee i guarantee the people that are downvoting the fucking trailer are also going to say like well i don't care either that's not what it's about it's just you know it's changing the way it was when i was a kid but they care more than anything right so really really 43 old white guy like you're that you're that fucking wrapped up in your your childhood memories of the little mermaid your ariel fandom runs that deep that you girl that you can't fucking um and but and honestly at this point i think they make movies like this on purpose because a they know it's going to get a lot of outrage clicks and therefore uh social media chatter and then b there's going to be a lot of reflexive liberals claiming it's the best movie of all time when it's really just you know probably going to end up being a mediocre to good uh live action remake of one of their animated shop for shop basically one of their animated movies and it you know really doesn't cost them much in terms of you know putting it together and it's just like a massive fucking you know windfall for them so i'm pretty sure that's disney's business model um also apparently their business model is now uh completely greenlitting the most fucking offensive disgusting uh marvel movie of all time because this new captain america movie captain america new world order which is already a fucking you know coded dog whistle for fucking racists about jewish people uh with with you know starring uh the new captain america 
uh, uh, the Falcon guy. Uh, uh, I call him <laughs> Captain Sam America. Yeah, Captain Sam America. And uh, Jewish uh, Israeli superhero, superheroine uh, named Sabra, I believe is her name, <laughs> is a former Mossad agent and, and IDF soldier. So, yeah. Right. That, and, and apparently, like, if you read her backstory, it's even more horrendous, you know, just constant, you know. Isn't, isn't Always saving the, the world that... from Arab terrorists and things like that. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah, just... yeah. Of course. Of course, those Palestinian, Palestinian suicide bombers that are everywhere uh, actually haven't done... <laughs> It hasn't been a suicide bomber there for most of my life. <laughs> and yet that's still like fodder for comic books, apparently. Isn't the name of the character also like have some fucking really offensive Zionist meaning? I, I, I read that today. I didn't actually look into it, but apparently that's the name of some sort of either battle or genocide or some sort of yes some God. i'm sure i'm sure i i what i mean with the name with the name of this character and the origin and the and the expressed origin and backstory of this character i would not be shocked at all you know if this if, if it was fucking captain nakba instead like if that was the name of the fucking somebody, the somebody at Marvel looked at you know they watched uh wonder woman 1984 and they were like you know I think we could do this. I think we could, bit this. <laughs> we could bring a little bit of this into the Marvel MCU. Although I will say, you know, the, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier show was probably the most, um, you know, against the grain politically of all the Marvel things they've done before. Uh, and, you know, basically the CIA was the villain in that one, although they only, you know, mentioned them by name as being the villain who were like cranking out more super soldiers and never actually showed any representative of the CIA being the villain in it. Right. Um, well, so I think my... it, but like, and again, I didn't watch that show yet yeah. and it probably won't, but um, I, from my understanding, and this is what people were saying about it, is basically like, yeah, the villains ended up being, they do that thing where it's like, yeah, the villain has a good motivation, but then they just do something completely out of character and out of touch with their beliefs because it then makes them the villain, even though right. they're, which is, I fucking hate, which Marvel does all the time. Like with, they did it with fucking Killmonger in black Panther. Like they, you know, it, it's just a character who is by all, you know, metrics, uh, actually a, a tragic hero. And they just have to try to, you know, find the one irrational thing for him to do to make him a villain. it's like, this guy should be the hero of a fucking movie. Like this should be, this, sh this should be the fucking Eric Killmonger story where he's, you know, right. Getting revenge for British colonialism and, well, and all that. It's apparently it's going to be sort of a anti-hero version of the Avengers put together by some shady, not very good government people. So I, I'm hoping that they, Oh wait, that Thunderbird show. Yeah, so this is going to feed into that or tie into that a little oh, bit. Okay. There was one of the one of the best parts of uh, Falcon Winter Soldier was they, you know, <clears throat> they they basically found a new guy to be a super soldier who's like just like a raging fucking football pro America fascist, <laughs> right? And people called him Captain White Privilege, Captain Fascist, and everything. And he just like hauls off and murders a guy with the shield, and the shield is completely covered in blood. It's like the most blood they've ever shown in a Marvel thing ever. You know, most of the violence is almost completely bloodless in, in Marvel. So I'm glad that, like, you know, Kevin Feige is still, like, pushing them to keep getting darker and darker with some of this stuff and not make it so fucking PG-friendly. Um, so that character is supposedly coming back in some of this, too. And it'll be interesting to see if they really keep pushing him down that path or if they try to redeem him, whatever. I don't give a shit. But he's played by uh, Kurt Russell's son and did a really great job with it, too. Yeah. 
I like that guy. He's been in a couple of things. Uh, his his name is Kurt Russell's son. He doesn't have a first name <laughs> right. of his own. Just just like uh, Jake Busey, his his name is not Jake Busey. It's Gary Busey's son's teeth. No, <laughs> Gary B, J, Gary Busey's <laughs> teeth's son's teeth is his actual name. Right, and and when and when you know that the resemblance is like, oh yeah, of course it is. Like, <laughs> like who the fuck you know? Johnny who the fuck Cole. else could it be? Yeah. Um. Oh man. So. Uh, before we get into House of the Dragon and and two fucking awesome episodes, I think back to back weeks, um, we should mention uh, a, a less interesting monarch um, that that just you know shuffled off the mortal coil this week. She lost. She lost the Game of Thrones. She lost the Game of Thrones, and now her fucking dipshit, uh, you know, complete fucking fail son is going to be the is going to be the king. That's going to be really tough to you know at seventy three years old finally have to have your first job, <laughs> right? And, and to be fair, he's not doing much more than he was doing before. Like, there's very little actual work that comes with being uh, king or queen. But still, like, the, just the, just having to like publicly speak and knight people and all this shit is more work than he's uh, used to. So it's going to be real, yeah. He's also incredibly well, peeve. Have you? I don't know if you've seen. There's been multiple videos in the last couple of days of him just being incredibly peevish and like can't handle basic things. Like you know, he couldn't move a fucking big you know paperweight with like ink and inkwell in it. Like he had to like motion to his servant to move it out from in front. I mean, it's just fucking preposterous oh, it's, it's horseshit. Well, and, and you, I don't think you've watched much of The Crown, have you? No, no. It's and the show is amazing. Um, it probably goes a little too light on them, but it is very critical of all of them. And, you know, showing events that like aren't really in the public consciousness that really happened with these families, like the two cousins they had that had birth defects or had mental problems because of so much inbreeding that they just locked away in a mental. Oh, asylum. yeah. I read about that, actually, that a lot of this stuff came out after Elizabeth died. Like, yeah, I heard about that. They basically well, was, were just... I mean, you watch this stuff in the show. You're like, this is this can't really be true. Can it? And you <laughs> right. look it up and it's like, holy fuck, these people are just monsters. Right. Yeah, And, and, and it's fucking hilarious because they're constantly inbreeding and they then then they're like, oh, we can't have this this, you know, deformed, uh, deformed member of the Windsor family. Like if we need to lock them away forever. Like, hey, hey, what if we had a, uh, you know, this, this, uh, rich lady who's not white kind of, you know, like, uh, help the gene pool. No, 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 no. We can't like, <laughs> no, 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 no. Only, only uh, fucking people that look like they belong in an HP Lovecraft novel should be are allowed to breed right. into the Windsor family. <laughs> Well, the fourth season, um, the fourth season is, is great because you get to see, you know, the IRA trying to blow up the royal family <laughs> and, and actually blowing up a lot of shit. And like, right. They, I think they, there's one scene where they uh, blow up a yacht with had this uh, British general on it. So um, they, they, they did. They had to be lucky just once. Uh, they didn't get Thatcher, though, unfortunately. But um, so close. Gillian Anderson plays Thatcher in the fourth season, and I was worried they were going to like totally girl boss it up and make her look inspirational, and they do not. It is a very unflattering portrayal, very accurate. Gillian Anderson from X Files right. did an amazing job with it. Um, but also, you have uh, the very, very young Princess Die uh, in that season, and mm-hmm. you realized that, like Charles was just a fucking like verbally and physically abusive piece of shit to her. Yeah. <laughs> like the one person and the show does a good job of like convincing you that like well it's not their fault they're just trapped in the system and the only way out is to abdicate their title and then they lose everything and everyone hates them which you know the show basically starts at that point with uh, uh queen elizabeth's uncle abdicating or shortly after he had uh and then die shows up and they're just you're like oh here's what a real normal person acts like who cares about people like and, and the contrast between her and everybody else set in the show is so 
night and day that you just hate you hate everyone on the show <laughs> who's not her right um and you realize that you know like almost all of her mental health issues and bulimia was you know really pushed on her by the stress of like all these rich people who were just you know despised her for being a common person you know right and uh so yeah it's gonna be interesting to see where they go from here i heard that they were um basically putting the pause on production of season six season five is about to come out in like in a couple months because they're probably going to rewrite the whole thing is like oh hey we have <laughs> we have an ending now we have you a great ending <laughs> yeah is she old yet on the show or is she like like decrepit so they, old or like no 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 they um they've done a couple of time jumps and they've just like recast everybody and there's been some great casting matt smith who's in it as um her uh, Queen Elizabeth husband, just just an awful, terrible person. <laughs> yeah, uh, and so they they had had a like basically one cast the first two seasons, another cast the next two seasons, and then season five and six will be like a whole new cast again. I would assume. Yeah. Well, it'd be interesting. Um, well. <laughs> The only kind of fucking show about royalty I like, of course, is Game of Thrones. So we, we should talk about uh, the two episodes because we we had two very different episodes, but I think two awesome episodes that really show the range of. Oh, and by the way, I should mention we're going to uh, we're going to re- we'll talk more about the queen in depth on the regular political show next week. Uh, we'll, we'll probably break down some of her, her horrible legacy and the things that uh, the crown did while she was uh, while she was the head of it um but uh yeah so i I really want to get into the two episodes this week because the uh they were very different but they were i think they they showed you kind of the best of of all you know aspects of game of thrones um so we'll we'll talk about episode three at first then we'll, we'll kind of get into uh this week's episode after that but episode three um it was a pretty you know pretty pretty straightforward a and b plots it's kind of the the good thing about uh this show and i do like the variety of the original game of thrones but it is kind of nice to not have to wait for an entire season to kind of see one story unfold you know where we're only given five to seven minutes an episode or whatever with you know with john at the wall in the early seasons right and then with you know and, <laughs> and it's hard to keep track of all that and it's it, hard right. to remember what happens in which season because you're just you're all over the place in so many different places this is this is a much tighter focused story on you know a, two a or three perspectives of, maybe an episode yeah, a you smaller know? group of people whose names i still can't remember <laughs> <laughs> i'm getting a little bit better with that but but again it's like two or three perspectives and they all interact with each other it's not like these characters are not gonna meet each other uh except for maybe the crab feeder he's not meeting anybody anytime soon uh but uh he can be a merman now (laughs) he does he needs another half of his body so they just glue that fucking necromance that shit back together it's too bad all the grayscales on the top half because like you you think you could sew his bottom half to like a fucking you know reverse merman but uh no I, i guess you know he could just be the world's creepiest I don't know how you chop an entire torso in half like that. Like you must have had some, you can't do that in one chop. That's like hacking away for a while. I don't know. It just like, I I, I think the show sort of yada yada is it. Cause it's like, Oh, it's Valerian steel could cut through anything, but you know, it's still, it's like, it's still a fucking sword. It's not a, you know, I mean, there's multiple bones you got to go through. You got all the fucking, you know, it's, Anyway, I feel like the mountain could maybe fucking chop through a guy with a sword, but I, I'm not sure that Damon could do it in one swing. That seems a little 
Well, it's not, not born yet, so it's going to be a couple hundred years before we can test that That's theory in this, uh, in this cannon. So. I feel like he probably did at some point. Didn't he? Oh, well, he chopped his horse's head off with one swing. That was horrible um, <laughs> in the first episode um, or the first couple episodes. Uh, but yeah, so uh, this episode, really, the A and the B plot, um, Damon is at the Stepstones. They're, they're you know, fighting with with crab feeder and his pirate crew and you know this has been going on three years this 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 uh episode was i believe like a two to three year time jump basically they they, they yeah. kind of keep it vague but uh, but between two and two and a half and three years and damon is in the step zone still fighting with with the crab feeder and all his fucking minions and they have the natural um fortification of the caves uh you know on this in this kind of outcropping that they're that they're all posted at so you know they they can burn the shit out of their fleet and burn the shit out of like a lot of men but the the you know the leaders and all the uh the other guys kind of sort of retreat back to the caves and they more or less are fortified uh against you know the attacks uh of 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 damon's uh army damon and uh and like in real life valerian army would you would be able to you know basically just i feel like you could see you could siege them you could fucking you could storm them you could fucking seal off the caves and starve them pretty easily (laughs) so yeah i think they thought of a way like you know what's a way that somebody could could avoid the dragon fire oh caves yeah but you know if they're all kind of in one area on the seashore like seems like they could just bring in some fucking boulders and lock them in there right and that's but sort of the it's still it's it's an interesting set piece to have a battle we've never we haven't seen like a big beach battle like we do in this episode before no and, it, and it's just cool it's again like i think i mentioned it the other week it's like it's it's you know just you just say it to somebody in elevator they're like oh yeah i'm in pirates versus dragons of course why not um <laughs> you're still on that <laughs> but no it's no, true great. but great. uh but no but it was fun i mean and i you know again I, i'll never turn down a battle on game of thrones like they're always fucking excellently executed brilliantly executed um and uh, yeah, this was no different, you know, it, it, and I, I just love the preamble to it because it's a lot of, you know, great fighting and, uh, you know, in typical Game of Thrones fashion, but Damon's guys aren't winning. Uh, they are eventually, uh, the King Viserys is eventually convinced that he needs to step in to help his brother um, because this is going to become a major issue if Damon doesn't win uh, for <laughs> all of King's Landing, for all of the realm. Uh, and so he sends a raven with word that uh, he's going to send ships and men to help Damon turn the tide. And uh, Damon receives this news very poorly, uh, to say the least. <laughs> that, R.I.P. that poor messenger who got his fucking head caved in uh, I mean, by it Damon. Looks like he hit him with his helmet, so it's not like a really heavy object. But, yeah, uh, but he, he pummeled the shit out of him with it, though. I mean, uh, yeah. he was that was yeah. brutal. Yeah, now for sh- definitely well, some you CG how, from how there. petty he is. This is really just about his image and ego and nothing else. Oh, know? yeah, because if he wanted to win, he'd be like, oh, great. My brother's sending a bunch yeah. of fucking people. We're going to smoke this guy out he's, in two minutes. Like, I've got to go do this right now by myself to, to prove that I'm fucking better than my brother. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, and, and he puts a bunch of people's lives at risk who, you know, are almost on the, the verge of mutiny. Uh, and yeah, he wins, but like he, uh, he, he just got lucky. He basically just got lucky is what happened. Right. And he's a great, I mean, much like Jamie Lannister on the show, he, he's obviously like a top notch warrior in, in this, you know, universe. He's, he's incredibly gifted at, at combat, but 
I mean, just completely tactically idiotic. Nothing. Fuck it. Yeah. So he just, you know, he gets this letter that his brother's coming and anyone else. And, and the great thing is like they play it completely, you know, without any dialogue. It's just him receiving the letter, you know, taking a taking a glimpse at it, just sort of <laughs> almost bemusedly reading it at first to the point where you're like, oh. Is he happy? Seems like he's happy. Maybe he's, he's like, oh, all right, great. My brother finally yeah, came to his sense. This is good news. This is right. great news, right? <laughs> and then he just fucking starts pummeling this poor messenger and hops in his fucking uh, paddle boat and and paddles over there by himself. Uh, we don't we don't see it. I'm I, I'm presuming he gave uh, Corliss Valerian like kind of instructions as to when they should kind of make the make the rescue <laughs> come in as the cavalry. Well, uh, yeah, obviously, but, he had to let them know that, like, hey, well, we're going to go do this ourselves. But at fir- yeah, well, at I, first, I wasn't need, sure. We don't need to see those the scenes like that because it, it, you know, gives us information we don't need, and it also ruins the suspense of right. Is, is he, is he just going to fucking? Well, that, that was the thing. Is like they wanted you to make it think. Make they wanted to make you think that he was going in on his own. Didn't talk to anybody about it. And was just like ah. You know, maybe maybe he'll take down this whole army. Maybe he'll just fucking right. get himself killed. Much more likely, he'll and we get don't know killed. if those reinforcements uh, have already arrived by the time he's starting this. You know, so we don't really know like what's his what his play is until we see how, kind of how it unfolds and realize it's it's just his guys t- doing this, and he basically just you know punted because he didn't he wanted to be a petty bitch about it. You know, yeah, and I think it also plays heavy heavy into the whole. I need to keep racking up points with the, the regular folk, uh, and, and show them why I should be the fucking King. Uh, you know, not Renera and not Aegon, uh, who was, I think, yeah, he's born. He, this, this is the first episode where he's around. Uh, cause he was uh, like a little under two years old at this point or a little under a year old. Yeah. Uh, and fucking, uh, so he's like, yeah, if I, if I can single-handedly, you know, take back the step zones and, and eliminate this threat without my brother's help, that's all the more reason why they're going to be clamoring for me to uh, be be his heir again. And that's, I think, always at the back of his mind with everything he does, including everything that happens in episode four, which we'll get to. I think, you know, he certainly has his own, you know, desires and and whatnot. But I think a lot most of them have a lot to do with is this going to help me, you know, with win that fucking seat, basically, and win the, the will of the people, because that's, you know, like he says to an era, that's very important. Uh, it, it that's everything is is having the support of the people behind you if sure. you want to rule. Um, well, and that that feeds into the the episode four too, where it's right. like it seems like he intentionally takes her to this play to show her all how unpopular she is with the people, just right. to be like, hey, just so you know, this fun little adventure also involves me, you know, showing you like you should be ashamed of wanting to still be the queen, right? right? And right. we'll get more into that. Yeah, later, I, I was gonna, I, but I definitely have a lot of thoughts about that, uh, that whole play and everything. Uh, but yeah, well, it's yeah, great. It's, it's great to just once again see like you know the 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 mirror image of what of the story performed by an acting troupe, like we got to see you know a couple times in Game yeah, of Thrones, right, like Arya got to see with with her father's beheading, which I'm sure she was thrilled with. Um, and, you know, oh, yeah. a couple other times, yeah. but. Uh, yeah, so so yeah, Damon, you know, he wins uh, as you mentioned. He chops that motherfucker in half, walks out with his torso. No gloves on, by the way. I was I was very, I was, it was making me very anxious. It's like, dude, don't like. This is the one person you do not want to be touching without wearing like a glove. Oh, good, good notice. I didn't notice that. Yeah, that, that that's sh- a that's a no no. <laughs> I'm sure it won't be a plot point, but 
I, to me, I was just cringing the whole time. I was like, oh, this... they're so they're not they have an attention to detail that sometimes get, uh, slips up, obviously, with the Starbucks cup. And right, also right. with episode three, there was the first original airing. There was a shot where uh, King Viserys had a uh, green screen glove on his two fingers that are missing and they forgot to like. Oh, uh, shit. Like, I didn't notice that. They forgot to remove it. Yeah. Wow. So obviously they went back and fixed it now. But yeah, so they they. You know, just imagine like, you know, rushing these episodes out at the last minute to the point where you just straight up like forget to take out a, a CGI element that needs to be removed, you know, and, and nobody so notices it. Like, who, so. I'm sure they now have a guy on set, though, that is like his job is literally just like an anachronistic prop guy, like make sure there's no anachronistic fucking anything in the shot. You know, you know it's it's impossible i mean it's you, very you, hard been on it's very hard and it's, it's very like, fucking hard you have food and personal things and you're sitting there with your walkman <laughs> walk uh mm-hmm. for those of you who don't know um that walkman's played cassette tapes back in uh i don't know forever ago yeah uh but i wanted and to CDs talk that skip all the time <laughs> yeah i wanted to talk uh um, a bit about episode three with the uh the stag hunt right which is the other the other big plot uh that's kind of the a plot or you know whatever you want to phrase it of the episode what renera and viserys end up doing uh is the big the big hunt for uh the baby was it wasn't it for like the baby's second name day or something uh yes that's that's correct yeah and they have the they have this like big you know superstition about this white this mythical white stag that if they can you know, kill it on the, on his birthday or name day. Then that, that's like a sign from, you know, the gods or whatever. Um, decree or whatever. Yeah. And, and I love that, uh, you know, like it's not really a hunt. It's just these guys, you know, a bunch of people who actually know how to hunt, uh, tie it down so the King can fucking stab it. <laughs> you know, when, when it poses no threat to him whatsoever. In true and, American politician fashion. Like. Right. Right. And he doesn't even get it on the first glance, you know, when it's right. like fucking being held down. Right. And it's not a white stag either. It's, it's just, a, just a stag they found. It's not the white stag. The real white stag that's supposedly out there finds Rhaenyra. Right. Right. And when she could have killed it or had Sir, what, what's the guy's name? Sir Chris, uh, Chris, Kristen, Kristen Cole. Yeah. He instinctively like thinks, oh, I'm going to have to kill this thing. And she's like, no, 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 it's fine. Let it go. So you see the very different mentality there. And that's supposed to be, that's very deliberate on the part of the filmmakers that, you know, when, when she has a chance to kill this thing and could go back with it, you know, and everyone would be like, holy shit, look at this. She really is the chosen from the guy, you know, whatever. Right. She doesn't, she doesn't do that, but she's not afraid to fucking kill a wild animal because she kills the boar when it attacks her. Right. And she brings that fucking thing back covered in blood and everyone's just like, God damn. <laughs> so it's 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 a really great deliberate contrast between, you know, and it's not like the king really fucking wants to go kill this thing. You, you see him and he's just like, this isn't fair. This isn't fair to this animal. We're just doing this for fucking stupid tradition, you know, and he's not comfortable with it. And you can tell that he like he doesn't really take any joy in it. And when it's all over, he's just kind of like, what, what was the point of that? <laughs> right. So. You know, as much as he's sort of bending tradition, you know, she's on another planet as far as what she considers to be um, appropriate. And, you know, the show has always really been about autonomy and agency, especially of women and the things that women have to do on this show to just have a normal life and not be abused mercilessly. Right. And, you know, and and I love that, you know, like on a show like Lord of the Rings or series like Lord of the Rings, it's like, oh, look, all women can be warriors, too. And. That's just not the case. That's just not true. 
right? Not even all men can be warriors. <laughs> and this right. show is very much about the people who don't fit those roles. Even so, even like you know, the dashing knight Jamie gets his fucking sword hand chopped off. So he's right. got to live with that the rest of his life. So this is, this show has always been about broken people and bastards, right? And and this show, especially, I think you know, the, the, her her mother even says it. Um, you know, the 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 you know, birthing is our battlefield. You know, it's like the only thing that we're really used for here. And, you know, of course, Ramirez has really no interest in that. Right. And, it's not about that life. Like she's. Yeah. Yeah. Just just like, you know, Arya wasn't about that life. But right. you see more and more, I think, in episode four was really when she gets pulled into finally playing the game of Thrones purely because she's like, oh, fuck, you know, they're going to like if I don't if I don't start lying and being deceitful and start my own quest for power, I'm not going to be able to have any any agency just to be a regular person the way I want to be. Right. right. And that, and that's the really tragic thing. Right. And it's it's going to suck to see like what things she's going to further compromise on in order to, you know, just be a, just be a teenage girl, just be a young woman, you know. And I think really with with the third episode, too, she's still trying to not do that. She's not trying to do any of those things yet. Right. And you but you see in the third episode kind of all her frustrations boil over because when she's out on the the sort of not even the bore up, but like when she, after she storms away from her, after arguing with her father pretty publicly uh, and Kristen Cole follows her, um, you know, they're sort of out so far. They end up having to camp for the night and they're attacked by a wild boar. So, you know, she ends up uh, the Kristen Cole ends up, you know, stabbing the thing, but she ends up just fucking absolutely, you know, mercilessly stabbing the shit out of this thing uh, that almost killed her. And obviously there's a lot of, you know, frustration being taken out there, but it, it's just sure. all, all her sort of, you know, trappings and everything. She sort of, sort of gets a chance to let it go, um, which, which is cool. Which to is see kind of a her. trope, but I also feel like, you know, this is, this animal's like three times her size and she only has a small knife. So like you really would have to stab it a lot. For oh, it to die. oh yeah, no, for sure. That in real life, um, you would not be able to kill that thing with one, but she, yeah, she's clearly like letting out some teen angst there with, uh, right. with that one. Right. Um, she's under a lot of pressure. I, it's understandable. Um, but so that, yeah, you know, that was an interesting episode. Obviously we have the new wrinkle of Aegon, uh, named after the famous conqueror, uh, Akon the Conqueror. Uh, and, you know, first male son of the king. Uh, there's going to be a lot of pressure on him to uh, switch up his, his, um, his, you know, who his heir is. And he promises her at the end of this episode, like, I'm not going to change, you know, I'm not going to change uh, who my heir is. I'm not going to make Aegon the heir. You're my heir. I told you you're my heir. Yeah, and oh, I love his I love his breakdown. Just get married big, to somebody. <laughs> I love when he like he's all fucking drunk on wine and has like this emotional breakdown next to this huge bonfire, and he's he's like doubting if naming her the heir was the right thing, because mm-hmm. uh, like you know clearly he's like this is gonna <laughs> this could go really bad for her, you know if this if this goes through. But what he says to his his young wife Allison Allison Allison, yep. um. He's like the way the way the wording and the reading of the, of the lines goes. You're not sure what he's saying. Did I, you know, if I made a mistake in marrying you, the way he says it is very ambiguous because right. he's, he's kind of fucked up. And like the look on her face, she doesn't know either. Which I love that. Where like you, you don't know which way he means it until the end of it when he tells her that he had a moment of doubt, but he's going to stick to making her the heir. You're like, okay, now we know what he meant when the way he said it. 
but that yeah, I just I love that writing that they they left it purposely ambiguous so that Allison just has this look of shock, like is he drunk and telling me that he, <laughs> right. he regrets marrying me? Because like, <laughs> what the fuck? Just like yeah, really same dude, same. Please, uh, you don't have to you don't have to sell me on it. But uh, yeah, he's just he's drunk and he's in self pity mode. He doesn't care about you know how what he's saying is is gonna affect her or how she might interpret it because he's just. He's the king. He's fucking selfish, right? Right. <laughs> even no, even if he tries to be a good person, he's going to have those moments of complete, you know, self indulgence where, you know, he's he's got lead singer syndrome and just doesn't give a shit what anyone else thinks. Right. And and you know, it's funny too. In that moment, Allison sort of almost ta- not talks him out of it, but she sort of backs up what he's saying and you know, sort of like talks him down from some of his like you know issues that he has with Renera, which is interesting because you wonder. You know, is that a two pronged thing? Is that like partly her guilt over sort of what she probably feels is a little bit of a betrayal of her former best friend? And also she has been instructed, I'm sure from birth by her father, who is, you know, uh, I-, I wouldn't even say he's like Littlefinger. He's certainly like a Littlefinger uh, wannabe, like a Littlefinger tribute act, but he's not. He's not really deceptive. He's pretty open it, it, about what he wants. Yeah, well, he's like, and he is—he—he he is, but he's not good at it. He's not as good as Littlefinger. What it is, and we no. see that in, in episode four. He's—he's he's definitely a schemer, and he's definitely somebody who has his like you know his little whispers or whatever. But he is not—he doesn't play the game. He doesn't play the Game of Thrones nearly as well as a Littlefinger or as like a Tyrion or as any of the sort of smarter <laughs> characters of Game of he's Thrones. He's more of a middle finger, <laughs> right? He's, <laughs> right now he's for sure he's more of a middle finger that, that could be his nickname uh well it, his nickname for now is gonna be unemployed because that motherfucker don't have a job after episode oh, four. But. yeah well i i love that like they like the, the the certain words and terms that like they just don't use like they don't they don't ever say like well you're fired from this job of being, <laughs> right in the hand of the king he just takes the pin off him i'm like just tell him he's fired you can right. use that <laughs> like right the but I, out, son. Um, the, I mean, the thing is, like, you know, he he clearly spied on the princess, which the king doesn't like, um, regardless of whether she did what he's asserting or not. But it's it's also like we don't see this the actual we don't actually get to hear what was told to him, so we don't know if it was just oh we saw them together, you know the Damon and and Rihanna, or if he made up made up the slander about them actually fucking on his own. So he could he could have just made that he could have been you know been told right. what he was told and, and, and it wasn't really slander but you but I see what you mean like he might not have I agree because that wasn't. kid that kid that came and ratted on them just didn't saw him. See, he just saw them like him uh, Damon walking away he right. never saw the two of them together or they never showed them him seeing the two of them together I mean and I think I take that to mean and obviously we're gonna get into episode four now because I think that pretty much wraps up three and that was you yeah. know. Um, but, uh, wars where all the tea is. So, <laughs> right. <in. laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, I think ultimately he probably has a, a network of informants and that kid coming to him and telling him that made him go to any one of the random 50 people that were in that orgy in the, in the fucking brothel. And then it was like, Hey, would you say, and they were pretty open, like, you know, Damon. And I think that was intentional, uh, made a point of bringing her, to a fairly public place. Uh, the more I was thinking about this today, the more I think this whole thing was a setup from Damon from the beginning. I mean, obviously, you know, yes, he he gave her a map to say like, hey, there's a little, 
secret passageway and and uh, presumably his old bedroom or something or right whatever um but well, damon and hightower hate each other but they both don't want her to be queen so they could have been you know undermining her in different ways it just happened to like you know sort of cross pollinate at the same time I, I don't even think damon doesn't want I, I mean i for sure he doesn't want her to be queen over him i don't think he's trying to like hurt her necessarily i think he realizes that he fucked up with his brother and he probably thinks like the best way to get uh, us to a point, this is a little bit of a Hail Mary pass for him is, is to, you know, I think he thinks sort of publicly defile her, uh, admit it to his brother and then be like, well, you know, no one's going to marry her now, but I'll marry her and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll sweep this whole thing under the rug uh, in traditional Targaryen fashion. And uh, we'll just rule as king and queen and, you know, hey, problem solved. You don't have to worry about the realm not, uh, you know, t- uh, accepting Renee. I really do think that was his in- intention from the beginning. I think he's just making shit up as he goes along. Like at first, he just <laughs> wanted to show her the play to be like, "Look, people don't like you," and she kind of balked at that. And like, you know, when the crowd booed, she kind of, you know, like talked some shit back to the crowd. <laughs> right, right. It's like, all right, chill, <laughs> and, chill, homie. Like, no, don't, don't, yeah. yeah, come on, don't call attention to yourself. So, so he realized that like she. she that wasn't going to work on her. So then he takes her to the orgy and t- before they even get inside the orgy, he takes her hat off, which, you know, was sort of her cover to, you know, cover her hair and also know, cry. Uh, Cause he's a freak. And it's like, Oh, well I got to see what, you know, the, the, the famous Targaryen fucking crown of, you know, blonde locks or whatever. Um, well, he gave her the outfit to wear. So clearly initially, he well, wanted no, to initially, right. But, but when he wanted to, you know, when he wanted to get down to business in the brothel, I'm sure he was like, you know you know i'm a, I'm a right. targaryen like you know this is what we do <laughs> this kind right of well but um, then she's she's like more into it than he expected and then suddenly her expressing her own agency in that moment like turns, turns him, him off. off right yeah which tells you even more what a piece of shit he is that this right. was only this was only good for him if he could you know shove her up against the wall and have his way with her as soon as she's like okay yeah let's let's equally do this he's like Nope, this isn't what I want, but I still want to. He wants to control her, basically. And that right. was obvious from the very first episode with the fucking necklace. That this was always like he was always kind of grooming her in a way. Right. And and now he's just basically coming out and saying that he, he wants to be married to her. Right. And and it's so weird like this to see the Twitter responses to to, to the two sort of. Uh, scenes that that Renair has this episode with with Damon and then right after with Kristen Cole because she got home and she's like all right well you know <laughs> some getting in there with somebody so I mean you know who, yeah. who's the first I mean, person I'm running into it's like I had to do the walk of shame and I didn't even get laid like right. somebody's gonna fuck me right now <laughs> well I think I, I, I and, and obviously they they leave it somewhat vague and you know up to interpretation because they don't want to make it like yeah, I mean, this is HBO. This is not fucking Skinamax, but they I, I think they it seems like they did at least, you know, sort of start going at it. And then it was then she was. Yeah, it, it so there was certainly some some, you know, some action right. between the two. And then, well, it, I mean, he just leaves her with her pants part way down. Right. And, which is also just like, what if like, right. What you brought her crazy? here and you just abandoned his, her. By the way, his niece as if this isn't as as, as gross as, as fucking possibly can be. But um, but but the Internet, because it's two hot people who aren't actually related in real life are like oh my god this seems incredibly hot but uh you know it's it's just weird it's a weird much like john and daenerys in the seventh in the eighth season you know it's just 
you know, Tyrion staring, staring there being turned on. And yeah, I don't know. I didn't, I, it, didn't, it didn't seem weird to me because they built up to it in a way that like, like, you know, like I, I, like I told you before we started the show, my, I, my uh, girlfriend watched it. I didn't know what, how she was going to take it. And her response when she first sent me a text back, she was like, well, I'm horny now. I'm like, <laughs> all right. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, but I thought, I mean, I, mean, I, th- I thought, I mean, you're not supposed to think it's fucking hot necessarily because, yeah, it is well, not the first, not the first scene. Certainly the Kristen Cole scene, I think, was shot really uh, tastefully and it was really uh, a, a is bunch. Is that the name of the actor, the guy who plays the guy? No, no, no. Actor? That's that's the that's his his Sir Kristen Cole. It's his. Uh, Sir, OK, gotcha. gotcha. His surname. Uh, but. Yeah, I don't know the guy's name. If you don't say if you don't put the sir in there, I don't know who you're talking about. So that's <laughs> right, just, sorry, that's, my bad. Yeah, and not S I R S. You know, it, but he's reluctant, not because he he's not doesn't respect her agency, but because he is also concerned that like because he's a commoner that he could you know have his head on a chopping block. For well, his, also you know, busy with her. You take a vow. They they take a vow of celibacy when they become uh, knights of the uh, the gold cloak, wherever the fuck they are. The 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 king's guard it's they're supposed to be celibate much like the the you know the night watch and you know we we see how well that works out the first fucking woman with a pulse that comes around john th- yeah it's, it's like it's, like they're not supposed to marry and have a title but they still all go to the brothels obviously like you gotta right. you just gotta fuck right right and then you know um, yeah so, so but he's, just, he's the guy who actually cares about her and respects her and, no and you know, and obviously he's 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 got feelings for her i mean it's pretty i mean you know they're they're around yeah. each other all the time and they're you know they're young they're attractive right he's, killing you know, boars with each other and dashing dude Right. going camping uh, uh i mean really it's, you, you would have think that like you know after killing that boar together that that's when the you know there would it would have been some camping sex right then and there but i guess they wanted to build up to it a little bit and and i mean she probably has some feelings for him but it's you know in a lesser show that would be the whole crux of her her character arc would be like her feelings for him but then she's got to marry this guy and blah blah, blah. but it seems like she kind of can almost take or leave him <laughs> she's like hey he's around like you know he's useful for me in this moment uh, but ultimately, you know, I, she just wants to kind of have her own. I think her, her arc is that she wants her own agency in this extremely patri- patriarchal, extremely male dominated world that she lives in. And that's really the crux of her character. It's not that she's yeah. pining after Kristen Cole or fucking her weird uncle or just, whatever. You, yeah, know? Uh, you might have even showed this to me. I don't remember, but it was, it was like a, a, a tweet thread of, you know, like, Hillary Clinton feminist, you know, complaining that the show was, you know, if, if it's fantasy, why would they make women be treated badly? Oh God, in fantasy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's like, okay, for one, it's not really fantasy. It's, it is a political thriller set in a medieval time with certain you know elements of Dungeons and Dragons. But I would, again, I'd and also like, fantasy look, doesn't mean your fantasy. It means that the universe is fantastical and still should adhere to yeah. good storytelling principles. Like, Hey, in the fucking middle ages where people were fucking stupid, uh, women weren't treated that well. Like that's, I'm sorry to tell you, uh, the actual reality of how fucking right. society has worked and still works. I'm, I mean, Jesus not, Christ, we live in aren't going to be happy until the time? entire U S military is made up of women. I'm convinced. Right. <laughs> and just every movie is just completely meaningless fucking drivel that doesn't have any sort of character arcs or motive you know be, female characters have no motivations whatsoever they're just awesome from the that, beginning that lord of the ring show yeah lord of the ring show the main character is a woman and she's already the perfect warrior right and it's it's like that you don't even know what quest she's on for the first two episodes Every, it's just what is she what is she looking for what is she striving for like nothing 
Not Everything about that show, the promotion of it, the look of it, the fucking story, the the narrative around it is just the most soulless fucking corporate. You know, everything I see of that show like reeks of Jeff Bezos, and and you know <laughs> this is his his fucking baby because he is supposedly a Lord of the Rings fan as much as he's a fan of any sort of artistic you know endeavor whatsoever. Um, and, and he knows that this is going to make or break his fucking streaming service. So it just, it's just everything about it just feels gross to me. I mean, it may be, who knows, maybe it's a good show. Maybe it'll turn to a good show. (laughs) It doesn't seem like one, um, but yeah, somebody posted, uh, there was an article. I didn't read it yet, but it was, it was something like, you know, the, uh, House of the Dragons is just like bearing Lord of the Rings in uh, ratings and viewership. And somebody re- replied to it on Twitter. They're like, but they don't even air on the same day. And it's like, that's that's not the reason why, buddy. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and, and the thing is, you know, th- this show was, is made for a smart audience. Yeah. Right. Th- this show is made. We're talking about House of the Dragons. Yes, this show is made for people that are cinematically literate. Right. But other people watch it, too. Like there's there some very dumb people to watch this show and there's enough well, there that they get it. It's a principle of it, they're not picking up on like the deep underlying themes of this no. and it themes of this. And, and I guarantee when the show ends in however many years, however many seasons, they won't like how this show ends either. No, <laughs> no. And I, I don't think it's going to, and I don't, again, I don't know. Cause we've both been avoiding sort of the very available plot detail. And apparently by the way, my, my friend Steve was telling me that, since I am doing a Game of Thrones rewatch kind of in the background when I have nothing to really, you know, watch or want to watch something for 20 minutes or whatever. Going through the whole original series. Yeah, yeah. And um, apparently in season three, there's actually a pretty big spoiler for House of the Dragon uh, that I just don't remember. And I'm sure you don't remember because it was a, probably a throwaway line, apparently. But apparently Joffrey is talking to somebody. Maybe this is season two, actually, because it's Joffrey. But uh uh, and he's talking to somebody about the Targaryen dynasty, and he mentions something about one of the characters. I'm told from from the show, so I'm gonna try to. I don't know. Maybe I'm gonna try to see if I can figure out what episode that is and just skip that scene because that... well, everybody dies. So everybody who is alive, <laughs> right. everyone who is alive right is now, except maybe uh, Melisandre is probably kicking around somewhere. Is gonna die. By, yeah, I would. By, I would like to see her again. Um, I don't know if they can de-age her. <laughs> uh, get the get that old pun there. Right. Well, I mean, and honestly, that's you know, it's weird. Like there were some rumors a few weeks ago that like people were in talk. Like Elizabeth Olsen was in talks to join House of the Dragon, and people were like speculating she would be the Red Woman. And I'm like, you don't need to fucking cast anybody. The whole point is she's fucking a thousand years old, but she has this thing. That makes her, you know, super young or whatever. Yeah, she's a shapeshifter. Although there was, a, I remember somebody went back and they found a shot of her in the original Game of Thrones where she is, has the necklace off and she still mm-hmm. uh, looks young, but like, it's magic. Shut the fuck up, internet. <laughs> right. Um, she fucking had a demon baby come out of her, whatever. Um, <laughs> so it, was like, it was like the one scene where I was just kind of like, this doesn't, this, this element of fantasy doesn't really fit with this world. And I'm glad they never really kind of like went back to that kind of a thing you remember that scene yeah 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 with stannis and the fucking shadow baby or whatever the fuck it was yeah that was weird um it, yeah it was just it was like I, I i get like the lord of light is bringing people back to life and somehow you know like their wounds sort of disappear but it, it was you know it's not like a visual like oh here's the fucking demon cloud thing it's like no don't dragons are enough we don't need to do that <laughs> right Right. It almost, it almost in some ways feels weird to like it, it, that the show kind of or the story in general sort of rewards her for like 
her belief, even though she did some like really fun, like there's not a ton of penance for her character, even though she like burned a child at the stake and all this shit. But, you know, and eventually it was like, oh, yeah, she was right, though. Uh, And then, you know, here's here's John. So, I mean, I guess it was redemption for the audience, if not. I mean, she was she was wrong repeatedly. Right. right? And that's what I love about, you know, the the long night battles, because you don't you don't like, she, she, she thinks she's wrong even then like for for a few minutes like, like you, you you lord light you just let me you know set all their swords ablaze and now you won't let me light, light the logs on fire what's going on here <laughs> like what right. what did i what did i do wrong in the last lord, lord of the light appreciates dramatic irony that's 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 what it is he he, he knows how to right. tell a good story he's not just gonna light the shit on fire like, yeah I let, I let the logs on fire just in time he's just, gonna let he's gonna let, let the know. bomb tick down to one before he stops the clock like he <laughs> right. knows he knows he knows the game lord of the light is alfred hitchcock <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so this episode though uh yeah so i mean that's that was kind of the crux of the episode you know there's uh suitors for renera which seems to be the renera is obviously the main focus of this episode and you know sort of people vying for her attention because in the previous episode her father says like look you you, you can marry whoever you want just marry somebody that you actually love um and she's just basically like getting She's basically like doing the fucking, you know, the world tour in, in like her tour bus where she's going to all these different places and having all these people sort of vie for her who are all just, you know. Well, I, I mean, I, I love that for the most part. I love the scene where they're basically doing like the middle ages version of like the bachelorette where like they're just literally, <laughs> right. literally like lined up and there's an audience there to like fucking comment on what's Tackle happening. Tackle the fucking like <laughs> it's, it's like, this is the worst fucking thing ever. And it's, and she clearly doesn't like it either, but it's it, like, it's such a funny comedic scene, mostly because it gets down to this fucking like 15 year old kid, 14 year old kid who's tiny uh from house blackwood which i don't even know what the fuck they did but you know he's he starts talking himself up you know even though he has like no chance right and then he starts getting heckled and the scene ends with him whipping his sword out and like you know teaching this guy who's like twice his size <laughs> right. a lesson <laughs> dismembering know, talk, this talk motherfucker shit, yeah talk shit get hit right. <laughs> fuck around and find out and they're like all right time to go like yeah we're like we're leaving well no they already said we're leaving once the shit talking hit a crescendo right and it, it's like as she's walking out he fucking impales them and everyone's just like well that's that's chivalry i guess <laughs> <laughs> nope oh, man. so yeah i mean just, just and, and of course you don't you you know you're like oh this kid's gonna get fucking killed or beaten up and you're like nope little this this show is all about little people doing amazing things right no for sure uh and yeah so so that so that kid uh probably didn't get a call back but uh you know that was <laughs> i think he knew he was done at that point he's like i gotta, no, he's like, I gotta to save lose. face I mean, at the very least i'm leaving this room taking out one of you fucking bitches <laughs> um so yeah that's that's kind of the crux of the episode and you know we see her obviously we talk about you know, the sort of the map that Damon gives her and all these, clo- you know, the sort of disguise to wear uh, to escape. And, and you know, it's actually a cool scene at first because it's, it's you know, her like basically, oh, my cool uncle's back in town and he's taking me to the seedy fucking like the Reaper Bond of, of King's Landing. You know? Sure. And, <laughs> Red and Light District. You know, part of where her attraction from him not necessarily comes from originally, but it certainly, you know, stokes it. You know, we're out on the town having a night together. He's the only she, one who's not stuffy. Like, he's not, you know, her father's like a fucking, you yeah. know, stuffy king. And everyone around him well, is all like, oh, my lord. And the, and the fact that he won this battle and then comes back and the king's guard is like pointing swords at him. And he bends the knee and gives her dad a hug. And so she's like, that's, and they 
cut to a shot of her and she's very impressed. She's very impressed with this, that he, you know, not only won the battle, but he's coming back and making amends with the family. Like that, this is clearly endearing to her. And that's really kind of the start of like, okay, she might be into the him a little bit too. Right. And when that's the, just the weird thing, there's just some casual undercurrent of, of incest and in all the Targaryens. Like it's even the ones you like, even like Daenerys, like there's just some level of like, you know, incestuous genes it, like that. Just, I don't know. It's, it's a weird thing with them, but. Um, well, I mean, it's, it, you know, to them, it's like, it's not incest. It's my uncle. It's not like my dad, <laughs> right? like, you know, God, and you got to understand that like, this is, this is literally, I mean, Queen Elizabeth, who just fucking died, like literally like married her cousin. This is okay? not unrealistic. So, no, a hundred percent. Right. This, this is not some unrealistic. ancient custom. This is shit they do now. Right. This is right. This is why they all look like fucking swamp creatures. Like that's, you know, it's. Uh, this is why all British people have bad teeth. It's because they all came from the same fucking shitty blue right. blood gene pool. <laughs> they have national health, but no dental care, apparently. Right. I saw, I saw this, this fucking. This is just like one last middle finger to the poor people from Beyond the Grave for the Queen. Headline from um, the uh, Wimbledon Food Bank uh, says, this is in, in England, our condolences go out to the royal family at this sad time. All food bank locations will be closed on Monday the 19th, September, due to the funeral. We will reopen them on Tuesday, September 20th. Yeah, great. like the food bank where like people who are homeless or really poor can get free food. Like we're going to close that down for one day, so you can you, know, you can starve a little bit more, so we can pay respect to the fucking rich lady who <laughs> lived off the welfare of the nation. Right, and there was also some uh, some story in in the British press about like how some hospitals are canceling surgeries for the day of like her funeral, and it's like, oh great, so she died, so now you get to die too, you fucking peasant. Like what do you what do you think we're gonna you know, give you your your needed health care on the on the on the day that she's being celebrated with a fucking absurdly expensive, extravagant, uh, fucking you know funeral uh, ceremony. Like it's just it's. I think that this is really the heart of why gross. we watch Game of Thrones is because we get off on seeing terrible things happen to terrible terrible people. <laughs> yeah, and you don't get it's, to see in real life. Typically, they get to live to a ripe old age and fucking shuffle off this mortal coil and leave all their ill begotten, fucking stolen uh fortune um that they you know raped and colonized their way to to their fucking ne'er-do-well you know piece of shit fucking peevish son like that's what happens in real life these these people don't get their comeuppance they don't get their fucking heads chopped off they don't get their their wine poisoned they don't get you know they don't jump out of off a fucking balcony they they live to a thousand years old and then they give all their fucking money and power to someone even less uh suited for the role than they were like that's that's reality so this is the that's the ultimate fantasy of game of thrones is like bad people in power actually facing consequences actually being accountable yeah i mean (laughs) if if you don't if you don't like the way that women are treated just keep in mind that every person who really mistreats a woman on game of thrones ends up dead yeah yeah ask ask ramsey bolton how he's feeling right about now if you can find him under the pile of fucking dogs that ripped him apart you know like it's well, just, it, you know. And that's what I love about that show is, that, you know, all, all these, all the different women have to figure out a way to survive somehow. Right. And, right. but the one woman who was actually like, could be a brave warrior had, you know, even, even Brienne as big and powerful as she was, had huge doubts about her own abilities, especially after, you know, the first person she's supposed to protect dies <laughs> under right. her protection. So it, it's not just like, oh, I'm so brave and strong. Look at me. It's, 
like I, I still don't feel like I fit in anywhere, you know, and in even trying to be a brave warrior, nobody takes me seriously because I'm a woman. And, you know, it's not until like the, the, um, you know, that we get that amazing scene in season eight where she gets knighted. And it's just like the first time you, you think you've ever seen her smile right. in the show. And it's such an incredible fucking scene because of that. It's such an but, incredible but, oh, summation. Yeah. Let me about how, how it's bad writing. <laughs> right. No, and it's an incredible summation of her eight season story arc. And imagine like not wanting a character like that to struggle and to face all that sort of adversity and like have this kind of sort of arc where she, you know, was doubting herself and then she's brought back to it and she gets to redeem herself. And then she gets this beautiful moment. Like what a great right. way to fucking cap off well, and, and that's character a, arc. Yeah. And, and like, she didn't need to re- be redeemed, but it, you know, her internal conflict. No, was made her personally, so she feels like she's, re- I'm sure by, yes. you know, feels like she's redeemed, exactly. even though in our minds, like, no, you know, you didn't do anything wrong and you have nothing to be ashamed of, but she feels like her honors, just, you know, yeah. it's, it's great. It's great fucking storytelling. Um, and and of course, then they would say, oh, but it took a man to make her a knight. It's like, well, it's because there only were knights that were men. So they had to be a first one, right? <laughs> right. Jesus Christ. So, I mean, yeah, it, there'll be they'll, people will find something to complain about. But um, yeah, so, uh, you know, he he takes her and it's, 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 you know, it's fun and exotic and she's going through flea bottom and there's fucking people walking tight ropes and, you know people doing magic and shit and creepy old ladies like talking about like, Oh, I'll tell you how you're going to die and all the shit <laughs> and fucking, you know, just, just being this like show she Times square in the seventies. Right. Basically it was like Times square in the seventies and, yeah. uh, she's, you know, she's, uh, and, but any, you know, of course we talk about the play. We talked about the play that he takes her to, which is obviously reminiscent of, of the play Aria watches and a couple other plays we've seen, uh, and on game of Thrones before. But I think, you know, uh, surely he has ulterior motives and i think a lot of it is you know kind of it, he almost is like negging her in a way he's like ah oh, this will really upset her so then when i bring her down there she'll you know she'll really be uh wanting wanting to feel something other than like the the hurt she feels from the the play but then he realizes it's not like as you said not really affecting her the way that he thought it would so right. he's like all right let's... she just keeps going along with everything she's too she's too personable with everything right. <laughs> it's like how do i how do i destroy her oh okay Not... i'll i'll fucking leave her in shame and then fucking snitch on her <laughs> right basically right and i think you know and i'm sure part of him did want to like hook up with her and like he's you know it, damon's i think i think like you said he is a he does have a bit of joker energy to him where he doesn't really necessarily have a plan he just kind of like he finds ways to fit whatever his desires are which we know a lot of his desires into whatever fucking you know sort of spur of the moment thing he thinks of at the time like he's getting his ass kicked by his brother and he's like oh just you know marry her to me like sure it it doesn't seem like that was necessarily like what he went in there intending to say to him but well it's it's classic narcissism where he's just doing whatever he wants to in the moment that he thinks will benefit him he doesn't really have a long-term plan but yeah i mean the fact that when he's confronted about it he doesn't deny it he basically says yeah we did do it you know, he's just screwing her over more. By like doing better that. me than some other fucking. Yeah, right. Because, you know, he knows there's not going to be any consequence for him. So he's going to just going to try to make the king think it really happened. And that, you know, now to, you know, follow through with it, he's she's going to be married off to him, basically. And right. the king's probably like, well, I'm, I'm you know, because clearly uh, Hightower, the hand, you know, when he brought in this rumor, whether he made up the, the rumor or if it was actually told to him that it was true or not. 
it, it wasn't just, a, well, I have to tell the king, you know, so that he knows about this, you know, in case it gets out. Like, no, he was telling him because he knew that that's how it would get out somehow because it would be overheard and rumors spread like wildfire, especially about <laughs> royal families. Right. And also, I mean, that this again, much like what like Viserys says to him, you know, when he fires him, like. You know, when 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 his brother, you know, named him hand to the king because the other hand died or whatever in seemingly mysterious circumstances, he's like, "Oh, it's a very good day for you." Uh, this is very good news for 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 Otto, as, as he thinks. You know, like he he plays it off fairly well. Uh, I, I guess. I mean, I to me, if I was Viserys, I wouldn't be too convinced by the way he he sort of like feigned, you know, empathy, but. Um, he, the, he, yeah, he, he wants his grandson to be king. Like it's, it, this is, you know, he wants to have a high tower, uh, sitting on the iron throne, you know, whether it's by blood or whatever, he knows that'll, that'll essentially elevate his family to the, in his house to, you know, a lifetime status of, of, you know, prominence. Uh, and he is a second son. It, it seems like such a, about. yeah, it seems like, like just a really poor motivation or planning on his part. Not, not that the character is not well-developed because well, characters are flawed a little bit like he's yeah. already the power behind the throne right and everyone knows like that's where the real power lies so like you know, why, there's a why, real why make a play this risky if it had such a potential uh blowback consequence for him right well i mean but this sh- the the one of the big themes of this show house of the dragons has been second sons and that's you know there's there's a definitely a try hard nature and a and a very big chip on their shoulder because in this in this world of Game of Thrones, if you're not the firstborn son, you get fucking bupkis. You don't get, you know, your your family's house. You don't get. Right. Um, you don't. I get didn't the, get the biggest castle. I got the third biggest. Right, castle. right. Fuck I only me, get right? fucking. I only get Dragonstone. I don't get. I don't get the you know the the Iron Throne. Like goddamn. Yeah. Um, I love the I love the ongoing joke in Game of Thrones where um uh Bron Brand. Bron. Bron. The, yeah, yeah, Bron. Uh, oh, he just wants he, a fucking castle. Like, but he, and, and he's like continually like bargaining for a better castle. And Jamie, <laughs> Jamie just won't give him anything because he still like needs him to fucking be his, his wingman, so to speak. Right. He's like, yeah, you, this this whole Lannister pays their debts thing. Uh, you're really fucking pushing the bounds of that <laughs> of that of that motto, uh, Jamie. Um, uh, I love when but- he tries to teach. Um, potter how to fight and he's like first first rules never look away because everybody wants to hit you <laughs> Man, oh, however I, the line goes you're I, right I, no, don't have great. it in front of me um I, I will tell you my favorite line from uh, episode four was from the guy that got uh, disemboweled where he says to the kid protection the princess has a dragon you dumb cunt <laughs> <laughs> anytime you get to hear the word cunt on that show it's yeah. good, good episode they really are missing like a Bron character. That's the one thing the show's missing is someone who's just funny every time they're on the fucking screen. Like that that's the one thing I, I am kind of missing and I'm hoping kind of comes in the later seasons. Yeah, it's not well, that it's hurting I mean, the show or anything, but it just he would be wasn't a nice even in, Yeah, he wasn't even in the show until the second season and or third season. No, and still was he wasn't supposed to be. And like the network was like, Hey, people love this guy. He's really fucking funny. Give him more things to do. He plays a much less significant role in the uh, books apparently. So that's that. I I, I hope something like that develops eventually on the show where there's somebody. It's it's weird because I don't even remember like how his character ended. No, I don't think he, I mean, I'm sure he, no, he wasn't he on the small council. They, they put him on the small council. I think nah, I, don't, I don't remember that. I'm pretty sure he ends up on the small council and that he's in the final scene, like at that weird small council meeting where Bran is like the leader and like Tyrion's there. Huh. 
Uh, yeah, I, I got to rewatch the whole series again, apparently, too, because I'm sure there's a ton of stuff from it's It's been long enough that I because I, I rewatched the whole show right before season eight. And that's three years ago now. So uh, there, there's enough things I clearly don't remember about it. Oh, so, I'm, yeah, no, they I'm sorry. I was just Googling while we were talking. They make him master of coin at the end, even though he's kind of like, ah, whatever. <laughs> that's not really what I want. But um <laughs> Not so good at counting. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Not not really my strong suit, but I think it was more of like a who's left sort of thing, like last player from the, from the bench sort of (laughs) like, oh man, I got to take him. All right, whatever. I can't remember. Was he part of like the Samurai seven that goes beyond the wall and gets trapped on a little ice Island? No, uh, that was no, I don't think so. Cause that was, that was was like every other fucking guy. That was John Tormund, uh, the, the eye patch guy, Thoros. Beric. uh, Beric was my favorite character. Man, yeah. if I could fucking listen to books on tape by that spoken by that actor. Oh, fucking uh, the Hound was with them at that point. Remember, yep. he, he met up with Rory. them. Uh, so it, it was it was mostly that crew plus John Tormund and they had a couple of a couple uh, rando uh, like yeah they had a couple red shirts a couple whatever. a couple red shirts who uh, got taken out by the bear or Thoros Big guys. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, that was oh man, that's such a good episode. I gotta, I can't wait till I get to that again. Oh, I but gotta... season seven's bad writing, Anthony. Oh yeah, no, it's horrible. It's horrible writing. <laughs> Just the show, really. Yeah, you know the first four seasons that that really nice picture of a horse, and the last three that right. were crude child's drawing. Remember, never mind the, the episode. Fact that... That was the episode that we played the audio clip of when we reviewed season eight of Beric and John having this conversation as they're you know walking across the tundra, and John's like, "What does any of this mean?" He's like maybe we don't have to know <laughs> maybe, <laughs> right maybe maybe fighting for you know the living is enough and you yeah know, he, had, he had a great line something to that effect i forgot the exact word wording but it was yeah it was yeah, it's basically a, a, a scene or lines written for the audience who were like well what does the lord of light mean what does this mean what is it it's like, like if the characters the up, right? if there's no way for the characters to know it do you really want a fucking narrator to be like and that's when the lord of light came down and said unto the like no, it's just it's let let the mystery be, right? To quote right. from the the song from the leftovers. <laughs> Another great show, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, just gonna just every reference to all the other things, every other HBO. We like, every well, HBO another show. great show that does not at all fucking hold the audience's hand and is like still mysterious and in, in parts even to people who watched it and enjoyed it, but just great fucking show. Um, yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah. So that's kind of what happens. Uh, the episode ends with um Otto f- furious about everything that gets exposed or uh, excuse me Viserys furious about everything that gets, gets exposed um and I think this is the first moment where Rhaenyra realizes that she is fucked if she doesn't learn how to play the Game of Thrones I mean that's mm-hmm. you know that the, I think that this whole this whole ordeal when she realizes that a lot of it was orchestrated to to weaken her her claim and weaken her standing as the heir uh, she's like, all right, well, you know, uh, yeah, I'm going to take a fucking hit on this one, but I'm not going down alone. I'm taking Otto with me because that motherfucker is my biggest uh, threat right now because he wants me out of this seat like nothing else. And he's doing everything he can to make that happen. Right. And if I don't get him off the board, I'll uh, he's eventually going to figure out a way. So she, you know, kind of sort of emotionally manipulates her father to be like yeah but uh who's the one who's fucking spying on me you know your boy's spying on me how can you trust right. him like you know what he wants oh she's and- also just blatantly lying to you know her sort of friend the queen 
Uh, and I love that scene with the two of them where, where she confronts the, the two of them confront each other because they're standing on like a slight incline. Right. Uh-huh, and, right. And one's a little bit shorter and you can see that she's like totally blindsided by this. Like how the fuck does, you know, cause at first you don't know if she's taught like which, which guy, <laughs> right. which, which, which one, which one, about. which time are you talking about? Right. Right. Um, so she's in panic mode and she's like, you know, like, sort of like probing for more information to figure out which thing she's got to lie about. Right. Well, cause she probably, she knows then, they'll kill Kristen Cole. If, if, if they, if they find out about him or just he get fired or she, she wants to protect him, obviously they'll throw him in herself. a fucking dungeon. As, yeah. He's as not going to she, as soon as she knows which person she's got to lie about, <laughs> she immediately walks around behind her where she's standing up on higher ground. And then immediately like, that's like where she, they, and they show the two of them and she's suddenly like a little bit taller than, than the queen where she's actually a little bit shorter, but now she's standing up higher on this incline, this path they're on. And, you know, when you have the high ground, you can't lose. <laughs> so, right. uh, and, and that's when, like, she doesn't even hesitate. She just, like, you know, starts telling lie after lie after lie. And the queen believes her. And then later on, like, advocates for her. and Like, no, right. I believe her. I really believe her. It's like, you know, she she's not being honest, but you can understand why. <laughs> right. But right. she's also... <laughs> you know, like a 17 year old girl. So it's like, what the fuck would you do in that situation? No, right. Absolutely. So, you know, there's interesting, interesting sort of progression for her. Uh, unfortunately, next, next episode is the last episode with Millie Alcock playing, uh, Renera. So that'll be interesting to see how they sort of, yeah, it's going to be a bummer. I'm, I'm already very attached to that, uh, young actor. And, uh, I, I am excited to see, the i don't have the name of her emma darcy I uh, think, yeah. yeah very excited to just but it's just... gonna be a big she has big shoes to fill because i think she's been the best part of the show so far and a show that's very well acted by all parties um yeah. i think she's been really the standout and you know gonna f- certainly this is gonna propel her to to bigger roles um but it, it's just yeah it does suck a little bit but uh you know it, it'll be interesting to see how the story sort of moves because it's moving in big fucking chunks. And for her to age up that much uh, is interesting. I I don't know how they're going to cap off next episode, but it's probably with something pretty final. I would imagine to, to get us to the point where it's like, well, here's however many years later. And this person's the King or queen now, you know, like I I can't imagine it's going to be, I I would would imagine the next, the next episode will end with the King dying. Like that'll be the cliffhanger. That would be my guess. And, you know, neither of us have any foreknowledge of this, but that would be my guess as well. Is like, uh, well, he's dead now. And uh, who the fuck's going to take the seat? She thinks she's yeah. going to. But then and... if they do a time jump, then it's like the, all the conflict of whether she actually is going to be the queen. We're, we're skipping over that potentially, because if she is still the heir, then she would be, well, you know, I, named I th- the yeah, I mean, I think also part of the time jump probably is to age Aegon up enough to the point where he has his own agency and could be a legitimate threat to her seat. So maybe, it, maybe the King will yeah. still be barely alive by the time the time jump ends. And like, well, the, other, the other big question is how this episode ends where the, you know, whoever he was that brings in the penny royalty for her to take. Right. So it's like, oh, yeah. she, so she knows she didn't really fuck Damon, but she did actually really fuck somebody else that she might be worried about having a baby with. So, that's also another question too is you know if she has her own heirs then even gets even more complicated <laughs> right <laughs> you know? and and so uh, well, yeah and then uh, and uh, very conspicuously we don't see her drink it so that's also going to be yeah a, we don't know we don't right, know we don't so know it could be did. next episode maybe she's pregnant 
<laughs> right, know, which is it's... even fucking worse in, in, in a lot of ways. It's just even more muddled and like, okay, well, who's, you know, it's probably not Damon's kid. Uh, it didn't seem like that happened, but yeah, it's, uh, it's not going to come out with blonde hair. I can no, tell you but they all think it's Damon's kid. So that's, that's going to be really interesting too. So that's another awesome gonna, wrinkle to come out with this huge Greek fucking mane of hair. <laughs> it's like, well, this is clearly not a Targaryen about looking like John Stamos in 1994. Fucking like, Rocky, fuck, Rocky just comes out and he's just like, all right, I'm the king. Uh, yeah. So, um, do you notice? You notice they always like they constantly refer to her as princess in the last couple episodes, which like yeah. technically isn't like what you would address a princess as if you were also a, like a member of the royal family. Almost it's, like it's, it's a like little derogatory. Yeah, 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 it yeah. Is. It's like they don't call the king king; they call the king your your grace. Your grace right? And right, they have like all they have a whole hierarchy of like other titles that they call them that are like they're informal. How you address this person. And, you know, I think there's a, there's a whole episode of uh, The Crown about it. And obviously this is not that same world, but it's but similar. It's, it's very heavily, yeah, inspired but I, by. Yeah, every, every time I heard somebody, um, you know, who had a stand in the, in the family uh, calling her princess or any of the maesters were ever calling her princess directly to her, it always felt like it was slightly diminutive. So, yeah, yeah, no, for sure. So her... And she's, she's, you know, certainly starting to realize she needs to, you know, enough of the, these motherfuckers have been clowning on me for too long. I need to really, you know, step up my, my, my game, my politics. So it's going to be very interesting to see. I imagine by the time we get to the, the older version of Renera in episode six, she'll be significantly more politically savvy and significantly more uh, entrenched. And I wouldn't be shocked if she has elements that are loyal to her the same way Damon does now. You know, I, I mean? saw this photo of the, the actress playing her, her older self um, doing like sword training practice oh, for the show. Really? And she's fucking jacked. Yeah. Like just, she's got like tons of muscle on her <laughs> and, and they actually did a good job, fairly good job matching them to like facially with the interesting sort of eye, you know, like they, they don't look, they mm-hmm. look like they could be maybe not the same person, but certainly sisters. Like I wouldn't be, you know what I mean? Like it's a, it's not a yeah, crazy. And it's, it's it's movies, whatever. We, right. You, it, <laughs> ten minutes in, you forget you you're you're you buy it. You know what I mean? Don like, Cheadle not... doesn't look like anything like the guy who played Iron <laughs> right, Man. Like Terrence Howard played. Yeah, like Terrence Howard. Yeah. No, for um, sure. That's like casting the most. Yeah, it, it's just yeah. But that's um, you know, it's it's gonna be interesting. So I'm very excited to see where that goes. Uh, and the, the last final capper was that she agreed in this episode to marry. Uh, uh, Lenor Valerian. I don't know. One, one of the fucking the, the one of the dreadlock kids. Lenor, I think his name is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was the guy flying. The yeah, dragon. yeah. The younger, the younger. I, I just learned guy. that today. I just learned that today. That I was, I was like, who was the guy who was flying Damon's dragon? Going, you know, shouting like a fucking frat boy. Well, he, no, he's got. Tur- I'm pretty sure that's his. The because House Valerian is the only other family that has dragons still. I believe they. So that they they have their own dragon riders. So he's got his own dragon his father's got a dragon and that's probably not oh was it his i thought it yeah oh no i'm sorry i I lied his father doesn't have a dragon but he has a dragon because his mother is rainus the you know the king's uh sister or cousin or whatever that got passed over the act the the old king's daughter who who didn't get the seat 
that she I'll was have to watch over. again because I thought it was the same dragon, but whatever. It, it might, yeah, I, it might have been, but he does have his own dragon. I know, so I gotcha. don't know if that's yeah. Gotcha. I, don't, I don't remember. Well, I just scene, I, but... I recognize Damon's dragon because it's well, it's, it's red. Red. Yeah. It also has a neck that's like twice as long as any of the other dragons they've shown on the show. So I always kind of notice that. Caraxes, uh... I think, is his dragon. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's yeah. That, it's that's that's probably the extent of dragon names I'm going to learn this year. Caraxes and fucking uh, yeah. It's the red what... one and the green one and right. the yellow one, and that's the big that's one. All I'm doing because fucking I um. It's it's just too hard. I can't I can't do it. I'm I really, from the Midwest, right? right? I mean, we don't have flowery names. I have a fucking job and a life. I don't need to learn fifteen fucking made up fucking dragon names on top of the 15 made up you know human names for this show Seriously, um, I mean, where, I, where i grew up it was pretty rural so it was like all like ger- it was all german names that would have like a shitload of consonants in a row like you know s-c-h-n right kind of right. german names but like they would be these really long complicatedly spelled names but they would just be like really simple um you know to say like sternberg <laughs> right? <laughs> right like so I don't know. Um, yeah. So no, absolutely. Um, and uh, yeah, so it'll be interesting. Can't wait for next week. Um, and we will, we'll probably review five and six together uh, two weeks from now, uh, which will also be interesting because we'll get the last episode of Renera, the young Renera and the first episode of the, the, the uh, adult Renera. So that'd oh, yeah, that'd be great to, to talk contrast about for sure for sure um yeah and you know come back next week uh for our, our regular podcast we're going to be talking uh about the queen and all the horrible shit she did and that was done by the crown uh or, or just her... shit she wouldn't acknowledge you know it's not like she personally would no no, no the things that happened that she you know could have certainly swayed the you know sway used her influence to to you know assuage and and didn't do so and you know, pers- yeah persuade <laughs> and uh yeah i mean you know it, it, so we'll talk a lot about that and her legacy um and fucking monarchy in general how stupid it is uh and whatever else happens this week that'll probably take up a bulk of it but uh we'll, we'll talk about whatever happens so yeah whatever uh, happens happens <laughs> Yeah, so if you like the show, uh, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash move left, uh, facebook.com slash move left idiots, uh, patreon.com slash move left. Uh, I am on Twitter at move underscore left. And as always, I'm on Twitter, Bikes. Yeah, we'll see you next week. Bye.